0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the e commerce unlocked podcast, where, as you know, we cut the fluff and we discuss all the good stuff about e commerce. Uh, you know, those, those tactics, those those details that you can implement in your business today to take your e com business to the next level. Today, we are interviewing and talking with Will Hare. Um, this guy, he's got a ton of experience when it comes to marketplaces, and to use his words, uh, Amazon is the end all be all of marketplaces, so we're going to talk specifically about uh, how to become profitable on Amazon using your PPC and the, uh, DSP advertising strategy. So, Will, give us a quick intro to yourself, like you know, the the thirty second. Who is Will? And 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 uh, and then let's, let's let's go from there.
1: Heck yeah, man! Hell of an intro. Thanks so much for having me. I'm Will Hare. I'm the co-founder of Bellavix. I have ten plus years experience and advertising, working at agencies. I've been hyper-focused on Amazon since 2013, give or take. So seeing tremendous changes on the platform. I've worked with small businesses to enterprise level brands. And I definitely understand some of the challenges of being a seller on these platforms. And I'm excited to be here to talk about advertising, which is my favorite topic to talk about.
0: The world needs people like you. Uh, (laughs) You get and love advertising.
2: Yeah. Um, so again, question. As we're starting off, uh, Will, you talked about doing PPC and DSP. I am on the supply chain side of stuff. I don't understand anything, marketing, advertising. What do those acronyms mean um, in general? Like, what, what are we talking about, I guess, on that side of stuff? Yeah, great question.
1: So super simple, PPC, pay-per-click. And the best way to think of this, this is your bottom of the funnel traffic. These are people who are searching your brand, they're in category, and they're looking to buy products in aisle or or your product directly. DSP, demand side platform, that's programmatic advertising and that's a CPM model. So it's an impression based system. And it gives me the ability to build audiences and serve those audiences ads on and off of Amazon using Amazon's data. So I like to do these examples. A perfect opportunity when it comes to DSP is like anybody who added your product to CART but didn't make a purchase or anybody who's in aisle or looking at competitors' products but didn't make that purchase. I can chase them around the internet whenever they're checking their phones or they think they're safe and they're in their bed. And I'm going to show them those ads and try to get them <laughs> to make a purchase. Cause that's what we do. <laughs>
2: uh, uh, then, my wife last night just bought, I don't know, a couple hundred bucks worth of stuff on Amazon. I woke up this morning. I was like, oh, you weren't going to sleep when you said you were asleep, huh? That was a late night purchase <laughs> you got there. So, Will, I guess, thanks for that. Will, I guess probably it was you.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah Will's well over there coming. just blasting ads. <laughs> Yeah, I
2: thank your wife too. Support my
0: people, more 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 consumers on Amazon. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So a lot of our a lot of our brands uh, that listen, you know, our listeners, they I'll say some are you know just getting started out. They haven't jumped onto Amazon. Um, and my my personal brand, I want to get on Amazon. I haven't actually gotten on Amazon yet. So that's kind of one group. The other group is they're on Amazon and uh, they're wanting to scale. So let's take the kind of that first group really quick. And I'd love to kind of. Highlight. There was one specific brand I was talking to that they just barely got on Amazon. They're doing, um, I think they're about fifteen million dollars in uh, annual revenue on their Shopify, and they really waited the first three or four years before they put anything on Amazon, worried that it was going to cannibalize their uh, their sales over on uh, on Shopify. And um, I guess for you, is there anything on the advertising side that we can do to minim- kind of mitigate that cannibalization so that brands were contemplating the jump? can feel more confident about the switch
1: oh yeah, that's a really great question, and honestly, like it's not unusual for a brand to launch their D2c on Shopify, wait a year or two and roll it out to Amazon. I feel like that's pretty common. Mm-hmm. you own your customer data, the cost per acquisition and the lifetimes easy easier to measure uh, but if you were mm-hmm. if you were worried about cannibalization and I like to think that it all works together at the end of the day, the shop are shops where they're going to shop, so the brand experience and that mm-hmm. quality product plays a lot into it. But we have the ability to pixel your website and then negate that those audiences. So we can completely set up your advertising campaigns to be new to brand uh, and we can kind of build audiences around that. So that would be probably the number one way I would exclude existing customers if, if I was working with your brand. Oh,
0: interesting. Something I would say so, about marketers yeah.
2: and advertisers and stuff in general is, again, I'm on the side. I'm on shipping logistics is what I focus on. When I kind of got more involved with some marketing aspects, I'm like, dude, marketers, you guys are stalkers. Like, you take stalking to a whole new level. Like, if I ever need to find someone, like, I'm not gonna call like the FBI or, or PI. I'm calling a marketing agency. I'm like, hey, where's this guy? What is he looking at? Like, what's he browsing on? Like, you guys have everyone's data uh, on everything. So it is insane how much you can do with that, and that's amazing. You can be like, hey, this person's visited your site. Let's tailor that differently than like an Amazon customer. So that's amazing that. Be able to gather that data and utilize it because there's, there's so much data at your fingertips, so that's congrats on 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 the stalkerness levels that's awesome <laughs>
1: yeah I appreciate <laughs> it i'll take the the creeper uh, points and uh, what I will say too is uh its come to the dark side Emerson this is just the beginning we're looking for motivated people <laughs>
0: that's
2: an employment <laughs> pitch right there
0: um the uh honestly, it, it does get a little creepy i mean i've been doing um marketing um for for quite a while and i've i've been pitched by some some uh i think they were DSP vendors but they're like yeah and if you want listening data just let us know and we're like wait it's, like amazon alexa is recording me right now it's weird
1: it is weird there's actually some litigation going on the some universities did google and amazon gotten a lot of trouble for uh essentially recording data that they shouldn't have been so tech, so we have the ability to advertise via audio but i i don't have access to so um, listening uh, and the other thing too. So for you to be aware of like, I'm joking around, we stalk you, but like as an advertiser, like we really don't know who you are. <laughs> we know like the gist based on your mm-hmm. demographic information and your profile. So a lot of times you just get put in buckets. Uh, we're joking around on this show, but mm-hmm. in all seriousness, that, that's kind of how it works. And yeah. there are safeguards <laughs> in place that yeah, uh, sure. government put in to protect your personal information, of course. Um, so I just want to get that out.
0: That's, a, no, that's good. a good qualifier there. A good, good clarification. Will. I mean, yes, there, there are jokes, but, uh, but in the end, like there's, it's, it's not as creepy as it might sound. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to dive into for those brands who are on Amazon, right? They're, they're wanting to scale, but not cannibalize anything on their, their C site. We've kind of already talked a little bit about that, but what are kind of your top three tips for brands who are either getting started or just, you know, doing some advertising on Amazon?
1: Beautiful. Yeah. So if, if you're I'll start with if you're um, if you're already advertising on Amazon, so you're on the platform, mm-hmm. you know, at the minimum, you should be doing pay per click. And what I find so we believe in bidding on brand terms. So you want to make sure you're protecting your brand in a defensive mm-hmm. strategy. And you're in categories, you're making sure you have a presence in aisle. Uh, and you're conquesting love going after competitors and our brands love it when they see we stole sales from uh, some top competitors. Um, so when you're, you're on the platform, you know, a lot of it comes down to is like, what's your efficiency standard? Uh, And you want to make sure that whatever that KPI is. So like we use tacos, total advertising cost of sale, and that's your total ad spend by your total sales and Amazon unlike Shopify and some other websites like the advertising sales influences organic ranking, which is why we kind of group them together. So a lot of times when we work with brands and like, this is such a typical story where it's like, um, They're doing good maybe they're you know half a million to a million dollars a year on amazon uh but they're losing market share and they're like we're doing everything we've been doing we don't understand and then a lot of times when we connect with those brands uh what we find out is like they've just been solely relying on pay-per-click and outside advertising efforts to you know to grow the brand and what we find is that amazon is a major player it's a very competitive marketplace So if you're not doing anything outside of the bottom of the funnel to grow your brand, you're going to get caught in sales stagnation. And then worst of all, you're going to start losing market share. And this is where like the introduction to DSP makes a lot of sense because it gives us the ability to build audiences for you um, using Amazon's data. So like actual shopping behavior and customer data. So we, we generally know like contextually intent, like we have, all these indicators to say, this is a good customer and we should pepper them with ads mm-hmm. to try to get them to to make a purchase and and try our solution. Um, so that would be for just a brand that's actually firing on all cylinders. And before I jump into the the startup brand, I don't want to talk too much. I'd love to just pitch it back to you guys. Any questions or uh, anything that uh, you might want to add? Yeah.
0: Um, I just want to double click a little bit on what you said. I was having a conversation with a uh, a marketing agency yesterday, and they they don't do Amazon. They're more, you know, full service marketing agency. But they uh, we kind of had a full on discussion about how a lot of agencies will kind of just dive in and say to get like quick wins, they're just flushing the bottom of the funnel. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, look at what we can do. But then, you know, one, two months go by and then it's like empty. The funnel's gone because yeah. you flushed the whole thing and you're not refilling it. So double clicking on that idea of the the DSP being your top of funnel, getting people brand awareness. I know it's one of those like almost taboo, not taboo terms, but just like a kind of a cliche term of like, yeah, you're doing top of funnel, you're doing brand awareness. It's really hard to kind of to, to quantify exactly the ROI mm-hmm. on that. But when you have a full funnel strategy, you know, you got your top funnel, top of funnel, you're pushing down into your your more PPC bottom funnel, and then you're getting conversions through and you're looking at your tacos, love that term. Um, yeah. But uh, looking at your tacos, you you get a full funnel there. And uh, it really, that's that's the strategy that wins, not just the quick yeah. wins of some marketing agencies.
2: Yeah. There's well, just question now, on now, that not, when you're uh, running like PPC and stuff like that. Um, how do you determine those keywords? Like for me, I ran, this was like way a while ago on that. Like, I don't know, it was eight, 10 years ago on Amazon. And again, I'm the ops guy, <clears throat> like Emerson, can you run our Amazon for this small startup? And I was like, of course it can't be that hard. And we sold like wallets and I'm like, uh, the keyword would be wallet. Like, I'm not sure what other like term I could use. I'm like, we are only putting on wallet and like red wallet, small wallet. Like, I don't know, there's like 10 words that came to mind. In general, so I'm like, are you chat GPT in this thing? And you're like, all right, what should I use my keyword for? Or how do you know like this is the keyword I should be using and identifying those those buyers or using those keywords and whatnot?
1: Yeah, great question. And uh what I'm taking from this is like Emerson, gotta come in. I know you wanna learn this. <laughs> totally kidding. <laughs> but uh When it comes to pay-per-click, yeah, I mean, I'll share exactly what we do. And hopefully your audience gets gets some value out of it. So we do like a combination. So we actually, we do use Google Keyword Planner uh, to get intent of like how people generally search for products. We get an idea of like, uh, is it a transactional? Is it uh, educational? And I forgot the third category for the types of searches. We use Helium 10 reverse ASIN lookup. We use brand analytics, which is Amazon's backend. And then if we're advertising the product, we're going to use the search term report. Uh, And between those tools, we come up with like a pretty loaded keyword uh, uh, list, essentially. And then our job is to segment those based on where we think they fall in the funnel. Uh, And then that's kind of how we go about it. And pretty typically what you would see, especially if you're a launch brand, like a wallet, it'd be like, what's the long long tailed or like the unique proposition. So is it an RFID wallet or is it a uh, brown leather wallet with a chain, et cetera, et cetera. Like uh, those are kind of how you'd piece it together. And when we like, if you're advertising now and you're like, you're trying to figure it out and you wanna grow, like there's like the pyramid effect, I like to call it. And it's like, you go after a long keyword, but at the end of the day, at the top of that pyramid, there's like a root keyword that you really want. So maybe it's like brown leather wallet has millions of views a month. And you're like, I wanna rank on the first page for that. But you know, the competition is just stacked. So that's where you would kind of go with like a long trail philosophy, build ranking, get authority, and then work your way up. And then as you get more ranking, more reviews, more sales velocity, you'll start indexing for that root keyword. And then then we have SEO and advertising working together and then couple that with a DSP strategy, and you're you're really firing on all cylinders.
0: Is that why I think you kind of mentioned the tacos? Um, you know, your total advertising with with revenue. I you know I kind of go by on my Shopify store. I go by blended ROAS, uh, which is a similar idea. But is it? Basically, because almost like a rising tide raises all ships. Is that the term that like advertising yeah. helps you rank and your rank is higher? So you get more organic sales and then all of a sudden your ads are performing better and then you get more reviews and then all of a sudden your, your ad goes out or, you know, everything's working a little bit yeah. more. So is that why you go for that tacos number? Yeah, exactly. Yep. And it gives me the ability to be flexible.
1: You know, if we're always stuck in like, like a tight bin, then you're, you're going to get stuck on the bottom. And like I said, then we're only going after branded and maybe a couple... Competitors, but then you're just you're going to lose out to market saturation and and then you'll be the victim of uh <laughs> of the market that moves on, so it's just a way to stay ahead and and this is how you stay ahead now in the game. I mean geez, with chat GPT and everything else it's going to be a lot different um, that's just the
0: nature of the beast
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, absolutely, so I see that you're you're working with some pretty big brands you've worked with instant pot you've worked with Pyrex, like some really household names um d- I mean, maybe maybe you can share, maybe you can't. But are there anything like interesting things, maybe out of the norm that they're doing, or is it just kind of run of the mill what everybody's working on? Like um, any any good insights from those brands? Yeah. So
1: what's int- what I know about enterprise brands is that um, there's a lot more segmentation into the roles when it comes to like uh, strategic execution. So like like typically we work with like a lot of I would say mid side like regular businesses, where maybe I'm working with an e-commerce manager, or even sometimes the owner. Um, there's not mm-hmm. as many people involved, which is great. When you work with these enterprise brands, it's like PR, social media, uh, ops, advertising, pay-per-click advertising. Like it, it goes on influencer, like it's crazy. And what you realize, mm-hmm. like especially with you know our experience with some of these larger brands, it's like they just have a lot of money to put behind like millions. It's, it's insane how mm-hmm. much money they have for like some of these tentpole events to, to push awareness. And you could really see how fast and the amplification of doing full funnel tactics, like what it means to have brand awareness on point. And you gotta think about it too, like <laughs> brand awareness. Sure, I'm talking about ads. I'm talking about DSP and I'm talking about this, but when you're in an aisle, you know what I mean? Like when you're at an end cap at Target, Like right here in uh, in Raleigh, North Carolina, like my local target is three thousand eyeballs. Multiply that by every target inside the United States, like that—that is insanely powerful. And like the amount of people, the validation. Mm -hmm. Then you layer in commercials, influencer marketing, being on QVC, like all of these things—they spill over to Amazon. They spill over to the marketplaces. So. That's why like some of the brands like we had a brand we took on that did journals, and it was great, but it was like a two skew catalog and uh, they did see some of our case studies and they were under the impression that like we could take this catalog and do what we did with some of these enterprise level brands and Unfortunately, without the finances, the know-how and having all these people in all these places it's it's a lot harder uh, to do and it takes a lot longer so that's why the strategy and and how we approach a small and mid-sized business is just way different than some of these enterprise level businesses so uh when i do talk a lot on some podcasts and do some of the influencer stuff i usually talk more small to mid because it's more real and let's be real like what 90 percent of u.s businesses are small businesses like they fall into that category plus smaller businesses are (laughs) funner to work with it's great to get the uh the feather in the cap, we work or at Instapot, but like it's a lot of attention, it's a lot of hours, it's a lot of pressure. Mm. I'll take brands you've never heard of all day over some of those enterprise level brands.
0: Yeah, I could definitely see that. What, um, as you were kind of talking about that, my question is like maybe, maybe this is hard, but. What's the difference, maybe the ad spend difference between PPC and DSP that you'd kind of recommend? I mean, enterprise, yeah, let's take that out of the hat, because most of us are not at that level, yeah. but small, mid-sized business on Amazon, 50-50, you know, 40-20. <laughs> Just kidding, that's yeah. bad math, but you know, 40-60, <laughs> what, what does it look like?
1: Yeah, typically 80-20, uh, 80% pay-per-click, bottom of the funnel, 20% is typical. You know, Most brands will give us like, 15 to 30% tacos to work with. So like that tends to be the ratio. Uh, Certain categories perform really well. And if you're in a saturated category, we may go heavier on programmatic in order to like build those audiences. And and those will just be the nature of the beast. But typically we try to work for like an 80-20 split.
0: Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And then you, just for my clarification, you recommend around 20 to 30% of your your revenue in ad spend
1: yeah the tacos, so give or take if, if you could Got afford it. it, but it depends on the category because yeah. some categories it's just different. you know it could be as low as 10 percent. some mm. jewelry is like because it's subjective, like people window shop so like you need a higher tacos to have an impression, whereas uh, something that is less subjective, um, we could have a lower tacos because it takes less eyeballs to get the purchase and that's so I talk in generalities, like mm. every category is kind of different, so um, so it's hard to say.
0: Yeah, no, that definitely that makes sense. I mean, in my historically, I try to keep my advertising around twenty percent of revenue. Um, but granted, I'm I'm operating Shopify stores. You know, I, I I personally have done a lot less on Amazon, so I'm just trying to get a, a bead for kind of how that compares. You know, with the the Amazon fees and that kind of thing. Like, you know, profitability is a little bit tighter yeah. over there. So I didn't know if that was kind of something that no, that's brands change strategies.
1: Yeah, thirty five percent you're going to eat in fees, and then whatever you're paying on advertising. Mm-hmm. So it all you know, it's it's a much more expensive platform. But Amazon has a lot of eyeballs. It's close to 50% of all e-commerce in the US. So so it's no joke. Uh, so I like to tell brands to yeah. focus on Shopify. Like, even if you aren't interested in Amazon, like it doesn't hurt just to have a store. It doesn't mean you have to throw money at it. But mm-hmm. uh, what is not unusual is a customer will see it on the website and be like, hey, can I get it from Amazon in two days? Uh, is that Is that available? And Mm -hmm. you don't necessarily have to send inventory into FBA. You can fulfill the orders from a third party and just have your listings up. There's great softwares. I mean, we're a professional agency, so we would recommend doing doing it differently. But uh, Listing Mirror is an example, and there's a few others out there that'll just take your existing parameters in Shopify and just pull it right to Amazon. So uh, there are some... Hmm streamline options you can use to just test the marketplace the validity of it before you jump in with two feet and and me and emerson start doing advertising for you
2: yeah <laughs> i like the side hustle let's do it man <laughs> i'll i'll ship it. you advertising how about that
0: <laughs> uh, let's do that so um you mentioned softwares i guess are you did, you what well, uh what softwares would you recommend Uh, maybe for a brand that's doing it on their own versus, you know, you guys, do you have your own specific set of softwares or are you doing all this advertising in platform?
1: Um, We do a lot of bulk file uploads and we use a lot of macros because like uh, the software, they're all like, they do what macros do. So, uh, so we do a (laughs) lot of that. We have a lot of custom macros that we use and we do a lot of bulk file uploads. Uh, which Mm -hmm. can be really challenging for uh, a new-to-market brand or somebody who's not as familiar. Uh, I'm a big fan of Helium 10. Uh, I think Helium 10 is just a a great research tool. And if you're looking for um, a software that can help you manage your advertising, um, an AI solution we like is Perpetua. We've actually recommended brands who are like, you know, owner-operator where they're doing everything and they're like, I can't even wrap my head around it. Uh, They do a pretty good job. Generally, like, humans like we can we can outperform that but for a straight ai solution it's pretty good Uh, and then we're big fans of either uh techometrics is a pretty good uh software trying to think of the uh, there's one more that's really good i'm drawing a blank on it oh uh, ad badger i love michael erickson's uh uh podcast on amazon advertising sorry to cross promote another podcast but uh he's got a lot of good information if you're looking to get started on uh, specifically advertising on Amazon. That's all he talks about. Uh, and his software is pretty good too. So those would be the two softwares I would recommend. Um, and if you're really good at it, I would use bulk files and save yourself the money and just create a couple macros.
2: Question a little bit That's off awesome. topic maybe um, on stuff is, yeah. what's your thoughts on like uh, pro- product quality, I guess on Amazon? A lot of like people I hear like on TikTok and stuff like that is like doing drop shipping. Is, like a huge thing. Like I'm making millions on Amazon from drop shipping this crappy product. Pretty much, I've never met like a dropship millionaire yeah. personally or anything like that. Um, but wondering like how does that? I mean, obviously like reviews are a huge thing. Um, but like this drop yeah. shipping type of mentality of advertising on Amazon is that like much of a? Maybe I'm saying that wording right, but is that like much of a thing? Like where that affects the advertising uh, budget and so- stuff like that
1: totally illegal uh drop shipping isn't allowed on amazon and they actually Hmm. it's 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 a problem for sure and recently amazon took some steps uh to mitigate how many drop shippers can be on the platform i forgot exactly Hmm. what they put in but there's now like a software oh they put timelines into shipping so if the product doesn't reach its destination within a certain time frame uh, it's flagging the accounts and then they're they are mm. starting to weed out these drop shippers, and I'm unaware of any drop shippers that are killing it like yeah. that. And you know, in yeah. all fairness, we work with <laughs> brands, so so it's hard to say. I'm not saying there is a model. I know, if, like for example, in the automotive space, I have a friend that does reselling there, and they kill it. And I believe mm. it's drop shipping, but it's all U.S. based, so it's honestly kind of confusing because we don't we don't have a, we don't do anything in those categories. So so mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not saying that you can't make a lot of money. I'm just saying I haven't. Personally, seen it, and I don't know
0: what that would look like.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, interesting. Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
0: I've I've seen those ads too, and honestly, those guys are making more money off of their course than off of their Amazon store. I'm sure. Uh, It's uh, it sounds cool, sounds sexy, you know, like hey, I can work from home, I can quit my job, you know, that kind of thing, and they pay a thousand dollars to this guy who's just hasn't done it himself. (laughs) And
1: you guys run (laughs) brands and stuff like, how easy is it just to do that? Like. You know, no. Like what's the reality of it? Yeah,
0: no. exactly. It, it's not, it's not easy. I'm curious. Um, we've kind of danced around this a little bit, but um, with advertising, well, I guess, so I know on Amazon, there are brands that have a brand and then there are the no-name brands. And kind yeah. of my personal Perspective on Amazon is like i don't really personally look for a specific brand when i 'm shopping on amazon i'm going for reviews i'm going for um you know the pictures look good prime you know the, the the brand name doesn't mean a lot unless like i'm very specifically looking off of amazon and on and on on Amazon for a specific brand so I guess what importance does that play on amazon when especially in tying it into advertising yeah. having a strong brand is it important or not on amazon
1: uh i mean it it is and it isn't. So if you have a strong brand, your cost per acquisition is going to be lower because you have brand awareness, and you'll see a lot of branded search terms. So like, it's more cost effective. We could be more efficient. We could choose whether or not we want to participate in advertising. When you're around the brand, I mean. So we always want to advertise like mm-hmm. new to brand customers, of course. Um, but if you're a smaller and, and this is what I love, like technically Amazon levels the playing field and. I'm a big fan of Shark Tank. You'll notice a lot of the startup brands, like where do you sell D to C and Amazon? Because the barrier to entries are so low and there's such a market there that the opportunity's there. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to like a, a brand that doesn't have like if you're selling widgets, I always say widgets, lemon, lemon squeezers, garlic presses, like all that stuff that they use in examples, the brand doesn't matter. So then now mm-hmm. we're competing on pricing reviews and the quality of the product or some type of differentiator uh in your in the product usage that's gonna separate it uh, from the others. So that's the challenge. And generally it's gonna take a little more funding to get eyeballs on those pages, to get the validation, and then eventually to turn those customers, uh, shoppers into customers. So it is a little different, but branding doesn't mean everything. And uh, the smaller brands have the opportunity to really go strong in Conquest, uh, especially if they have something unique about their product, So, mm-hmm. um, so it is, it is, and it is isn't important, hopefully, hopefully I didn't just dodge that question on you guys.
0: No, no. I, I mean, I kind of expected something along those lines. The way I see it is that like a, a brand who starts D to C Shopify store, they grow to a few million in revenue. They've got some brand awareness, you know, some followers on Instagram it makes sense to really kind of lean into the brand on Amazon. Whereas like, I've got a few buddies that do hundred percent Amazon. They're doing a few million dollars in revenue. And uh, they, I mean that you've, you've never heard of their brands and they've got like a tire thumper over here and then some uh, airsoft BBs over there. And, you know, so just like the most random assortment that the, really the brand doesn't matter. So it's yeah. kind of like, what's your primary. I kind of feel like if your primary is Amazon, brand doesn't matter if your primary is off Amazon, Brand matters that's yep. my perspective
1: yeah, yeah, in some degree, I agree with that too, and it sounds like this is a reseller, so it is a little different when you're you don't own the brand mm-hmm. or you just rebuy and also the price point, like how much does it cost to uh how much of an investment do I need, or how much of a risk am I taking so like obviously higher price point items, it takes a lot more to convince those shoppers to convert, which is why if you're an amazon only or you know Amazon endemic, I think it's the right term brand um you'll you're going to want to do full funnel advertising because you need to get to those customers when they're in the decision-making process. Mm -hmm. And DSP gives us the ability to drive traffic to specific landing pages. So we don't necessarily have to drive it Mm -hmm. to Amazon. We can, like, we have a supplement company we work with who we kill it, kill, like crush it with comparative marketing. Um, So we drive Hmm. a lot of traffic to that, to get them in the funnel because we know like generally it's one-to-one on the first purchase, but typically we get five to six purchases a year. So it's all about getting that first purchase, getting them in subscribe and save and getting that recurring revenue.
0: Yeah. Well, that's fascinating. Um, really quick, I guess my last question on Amazon is, you know, and this is more kind of selfish, you know, I've got, I have my own brand. I've been wanting to get on Amazon for a year and a half. I just haven't done it. Um, how much, I guess, what's the minimum spend I should be looking at? Let's say I'm just starting out, so I'm going PPC specifically. Um, yeah. what like five dollars a day is probably not gonna do it, but like what's the minimum spend I should be looking at to get started and for how long should I be doing that before I can really, you know, call it a, a success or a failure?
1: Yeah, I would say minimum spend. Generally like what people ask me, I'm like very minimum, like thousand to fifteen hundred dollars per parent product is typical. Mm-hmm which should give us enough to do the bottom of the funnel and some experimentation like mid funnel. Um, cause okay. it does take, and, and obviously like some categories may have a lower cost per click, so it may not be much, but that's, I would say. And then how long it varies. So when we launch brands, um, and like, especially a lot of brands might launch Amazon only and then expand D2 C. So typically what we say mm-hmm. is like, you could expect in the first six months that 90 to hundred percent of your sales is going to be a result of advertising. So you're likely going to lose money Uh, by six Mm -hmm. to 12 months. We should start seeing improvements and we should be pushing more to like uh, 50 to 80% of your sales are coming from advertising. And now we're starting to get some organic sales. Um, Mm -hmm. And then 12 to 18 months, we're going to be around hopefully 35 to 55% would be the ideal situation. Um, And it always varies. Like I'm talking at hypotheticals, obviously, but that's kind of where we pull a mature brand on Amazon. As, I mean, I hate to do the 80-20 again, but about 20% of their sales is going to come from advertising, and the 80% is going to be organic. So you know we're going to start out <laughs> one-to-one, but like our goal is to get you in the next 18 to 24 months to be at that point where you're, you're an 80-20 split, unless you're being aggressive and you're going after top-line growth or something like that.
0: Got it. No, that's perfect. I mean, that's a detailed answer that exactly what I was looking for. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> I hope that helps. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so as we wrap up, um, I've got one last question for you. I said last Amazon question, so this is this is now my um, potentially my last question. Last one. <laughs> if you were going to start, <laughs> if you were going to start in e-commerce or you know physical product business today, what would it be and why?
1: Uh, I would choose jewelry as a category because uh, the margins are really strong on jewelry, and I know that I could create enough audiences to build the full funnel experience that in a shorter period of time will be profitable than if I launch some other products in other categories. So personally, and um, I would probably have my, my wife come in as my co-founder for it. And it would be fun just to sell some jewelry and give her excuse to buy some jewelry and, and try it on and all that other fun stuff. <laughs> Who says e-commerce can't be what fun? What kind of
2: bling are we talking about? Yeah. What kind um, of bling we talking, we talking about? Are we talking about big growth, brooches or, or what? <laughs>
1: Gold Grill, <laughs> uh, big chains. You know, if I could get like the Flavor Flav uh, clock, I think that's. Uh, I think there's a market for <laughs> it.
2: I'm, I'm looking out know. for that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Will's bling coming at you soon. I like it.
1: <laughs> I am. Mad. I like the so, name you know, too. What I'm talking about.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, my answer to the question,
0: which I was not planning on doing, but I've been looking at cold plunges lately. Ooh. And I'm getting ads like every other ad I get is a cold plunge. That's, you know, they got some cheap ones, they got some really expensive ones. The nicer ones are super expensive, crazy expensive. So I'm looking on Amazon, like, what can I cobble together? AliExpress, Amazon. Like, I'm just looking for whatever, you know, Temu or whatever it's called. I'm looking at all these platforms, trying to find the right one. There's not a good option on Amazon, I feel. Um, however, these are massive. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can get some blow up, <laughs> like some really nice inflatable ones. Like, oh, you can get there some good go. stuff, but you want to get it then you get a chiller. And that's the, the biggest part is the chiller. So that's kind of the more expensive, but it, uh, they also work for aquariums. And so all I find on Amazon are aquarium chillers, not cold plunge chillers. Ooh. So I'm like, okay, there might be a market there. However, you know, a 35% Amazon taken cut, you know, Ooh. and it's kind of an electronic, you know, that kind of thing is like, would it even be economic to yeah. put it? And maybe that's why other people have not done it yet. So, um, They're big. Someday, I know that. I'd love to, I think it's a cool product and a cool
1: niche and my my business coach told me this years ago and I it, I think it still reigns true too, too today. The riches are in the niches. So that sounds like a pretty niche product. Mm-hmm. So you never know.
2: Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, well, thank you so much for jumping on us on with us today. Um honestly, we could go for forever. I know, like <laughs> we could dive so deep into these things and so uh where can our audience find you if they have more questions?
1: Yeah, definitely. So definitely check out our website uh I'm pretty act uh, bellavix.com. Um, and you could also find me on LinkedIn. I post something every day, and we have a pretty, uh, pretty impactful newsletter that we send out every other week on uh, changes to the platform and how it affects sellers. So um, check out our website, Wool Hair, uh, like on your on your head with an E. And you can check me out on LinkedIn. I put stuff out all the time. And if if you found this really valuable, I'd be really grateful if you subscribe to our newsletter. And thanks for having me, guys. Awesome. This was fun. I got to talk about adverti- I mean, media planning, and I, I think we made some progress.
0: <laughs> uh, thank you. Uh, well, we fun. appreciate it, man. And you know, we'll uh, we'll be following up.